Welcome back to the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. And this is uh, Greg's episode of his... (laughs) (laughs) Paul got me there with his woo! (laughs) Uh, This is going to be Greg's part of our favorite live albums. Last episode, we went through some of my favorite live albums. This episode, we're going to go through some of Greg's. I'm just here to tell you where you can hear us. You can hear us and see us. You can go to at bigtalkcg.podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Gmail is going to be bigtalkcg at gmail.com. At bigtalkcg on Twitter. We are on YouTube. The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Facebook. Go find us. Watch us. Laugh your ass off. That's all I gotta and, say. And smash it, man. Smash Don't it, bro. Smash it. And smash it. All right, Greg, I'm gonna go. All you. Bye. Are you ready? Oh, oh, now you're gonna go. All right, man. All right, guys. You know what? We're starting off with the mighty Kiss. That's right. Kiss Alive 2. This is the greatest album, live album, to me as a kid when I when I decided um, when I was learning to love Kiss in the 70s, in the late 70s. Um, kind of came out it was like what we call gatefold chris opened up and you just see oh God, the those. live picture of all these i don't know it was like the the riser was coming up and the peter chris was on the drums and i don't know it was just beautiful and this is what always got, got me because as a kid you know I, I couldn't go to shows right my parents were going to take me to rock shows my older brother wasn't old enough to take me to the show he wasn't even allowed to go so i always had to imagine what it's like to going to rock shows. That's why I'm kind of crazy how I am today, where I'm always at all the rock shows that I want to go to because it's just things that I want to do. Anyways, we're starting off with Kiss. Now, Kiss Alive 2, October 14th, 1977, was released. Producer was Eddie Kramer. Um, it, was, it was recorded at the Forum in Inglewood, California, um, Capitol Theater in New Jersey, and there was a little bit of Budokan uh, Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Now, it was all mixed in the, uh, on the things. And um, if you didn't know anything about this um, album, Kiss sold out five nights at Budokan. Um, this was uh, a new um, thing for Kiss where they sold out five, in a, five nights in a row. And previously, the Beatles were the only ones that sound out, sold out Budokan four nights in a row. So they decided, so Kiss, you know, they had to outdo the Beatles. And they did it. Anyways, this is Detroit Rock City, and this is how you start a rock and roll concert. Detroit Rock City, first song comes out, gunning, blazing, knocking everybody down, and having a good time. To me, ooh, this is so exciting, Chris. What about what, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, I didn't know I was gonna get a talk, dude. Yes, I'm okay, gonna let you is talk. Is it my turn yet? Yes. Uh, I think everybody knows my feelings on Kiss. I think they're probably the most overrated band in the history of rock and roll. However. However, this is the only, this is the way to hear their music is the live setting. I think that their studio albums, I, I do like the stuff from the 80s when they took the makeup off, but I'm not a big fan of their studio releases from the 70s. But if you're going to hear them, I think the live way is the best way to hear them. I think they're superior live, at least they were superior live than their studio albums. So I'm okay with these. I just didn't listen to them much when I was a kid. I don't, what year did this come out? 77. I was one, so I didn't listen to this by the time kiss came around 
Um, I was listening, you know, to Crazy Nights and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, of course, I didn't have the foresight. or In hindsight, I guess I should have went back and listened to the, to the older stuff, but I didn't. Um, but when I tried to, it was Dynasty, and, and we all know how what I think of that album. Uh, but you know what? This is the best way to hear Kiss. Live. All right. Um, so I, I have no problem with this. I just never really listened to it much. Got it. All right, so this song is called Shock Me. It's... Um, Sung by Ace Frehley, which Ace Frehley at the time was the person I loved the most in Kiss. We all, you know, the person who you wanted to. I think he's be my like. favorite. I think he's my favorite guy. So Ace Frehley was mine, you know, lead guitar. He didn't sing all the time, but he did sing. And when he sang, it was mostly about space or travel or something or crazy like this. Shocked me. Um, and what I did like about Alive too, Chris, was they um, Alive One was so great. When they did Live 2, they didn't want to do any of the same songs they did on the previous live album. So all these songs are coming from Destroyer, coming from Rock and Roll Over, and coming from Love Gun. And that's what I appreciated from Kiss, from doing these songs on this on this now, live version question, of the album. Question, when they did a Live 2, Alive was before those albums came out, though, so, right? I'm yeah. just asking. I don't know. Yes. You would know better me. Okay. No, I'm just asking about the timeline. So that, that just shows that they had a, a, a good density of material. Correct. They were coming out with a lot of material that they could play, that the crowds could get behind in their live concert. So that's good, dude, That you know, because they were, during the 70s, it was like every year, like an album was coming out. But it wasn't just throwing out an album of stuff that their audience didn't like. It was full of stuff that their audience was going to love and embrace. And when they went to play the live show... This is what you got was another fucking full double album of great songs for them to play live. Well, Chris, that's so positive, man. I love it, man. Songs that they played that sound great live. <laughs> <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you take me to the next song, man? Because I love Ace right, Freedom. I want to squeeze this one too. Now, this is just one of those songs that I absolutely love. And um, when I got an opportunity to uh, uh, play it, it was just Hard Luck Woman. It just from Rock and Roll Over. Um, you don't normally hear it, and this is fucking Peter Chris um, singing most of it and going on from there. So, you know, we had Paul singing Detroit. We got a little bit of Ace Freely singing Shock Me, and now we got a little Peter singing um, Hard Luck Woman. Anyways, I love this song, and I, and I couldn't not think of it putting this on um, my live, some of my favorite live tracks. Um, one thing I'm going to say about that, Chris, you're absolutely right. You know, and then live two, what they also did was... They took five studio tracks mm-hmm. and they ended it on. So they had, you know, side one that was a forum. Side two was um, Capitol Theater in New Jersey. Side three was Budokan. And then they did five studio tracks, which were kind of cool. Um, I really didn't hear that Ace did a lot of songs on there. I think he was in and out of time or maybe a little drunk. <laughs> he was just, you know, playing on there. But those five songs are always good stuff. If you want to move on to the next album, Chris, which should be... The mystical, magical Slayer. Yeah. It is is Slayer. We're doing a little dead skin mask. Woo, guys. Now, I know everybody out there is cranking this up, man. Crank it a little louder. Because when you listen, you listen loud. Anyways, Slayer, 1991, was at the peak, Chris, the peak of the big four, which we all know the big four was Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and also Anthrax. Now, 
Slayer just finished up their fifth album. Are there? The, this was the fifth touring cycle mm-hmm. uh, when this was recorded. So this was uh, uh, um, done uh, uh, ten years into the making. Ten years they've they've been out. They decided to pull al- a live album out, a double live album, and it was just awesome, full of stuff, full of everything they did from the first five albums. You know, they they just didn't do five albums. They had a sixth album. They had a couple of EPs in there, and you know, Honey the Chapel was EP. And they also had another live album they did previously, but you know that wasn't that was in the beginning days before Slayer hit it big. It was called Live Undead. Um, like I said, they're just Slayer is a monster, mm-hmm. and they just came out rocking and rolling and heavy metal and you know such aggression, such you know people, you know were so scared, were so uh, terrified sometimes. The, just their name or just like oh my god we're going to the Slayer Pit or if you were a kid like me dude we're going to the Slayer Pit ah, and you'd be like oh my god Slayer Pit shit I'm gonna stay away from there and yes I do stay away from the pit guys I'm a little old for you guys on that one but you know people would go out and you know, do that one Kiss you wanna take me to the next song yeah alright we're doing Die by the Sword same thing guys Slayer just came out ripping um, I didn't wanna play Rain and Blood or, or, or Angel of Death or, or anything like that because, you know, sometimes we, we've we heard that. You know those songs when we say the word Slayer. This is when, went a little deep into their category and people were like, oh my God, Die by the Sword. Never really heard it, but hey, here's a little taste of it right now. Any thoughts on that, Chris? Um, I never was a huge listener of Slayer. Um, I am a fan of theirs. I do like them, but I just never really got hugely into them. Um, I, I, you know, listening to this album, which I have listened to, I think all the tracks are, are really good on here. Um, I think you actually picked some of the better ones that are on here for us to listen to today. So great job by you. Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, this was definitely, like you said, the, the pinnacle of like the big four. This was like when they were all hitting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And so this was a great, uh, time period to capture Slayer, um, who really no one ever talks about their live. They talk about, they never get, whenever they talk about them, you never hear them talking about their live albums ever at all. So it's always about the studio stuff, their album covers, the title of their song. So it's nice to hear some of their live stuff, share it with the nation so they can kind of see what's up with Slayer. You want to bring me to the next song and then we'll wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, Capture of Sin. Is the next uh, track? Did you I mean, did you say the title of the album? I don't think you said the title of the album. No, I don't think I said it. <laughs> what was the title of the album, Chris? Uh, it's your album. I know. Decade of aggression. Is the name of the live album? There you go. Don't try to get me, guys. I'm just. <laughs> don't try to get me. <laughs> All right, man. Released in 1991. Um, what can you say about this, man? There, you know. Uh, October 22, 1991 was released, 21 songs, 90 minutes full of Slayer goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you don't walk out of a Slayer show sweaty, smelly, you didn't enjoy it. Or dead. <laughs> or dead. <coughs> Same thing. Uh, those of us in the, back in the day that loved Slayer, you know, because Slayer was um, from Los Angeles, um, you just you just knew how to uh, um, uh, enjoy them, you know. It was just crazy goodness, and I'm sure they captured many hearts, uh, many black hearts uh, from all uh, all across America. Anyways, man, now that we did some Slayer, let's bring it down to some mellow. 
Bring me oh, to yeah. the next. Bring me to the next album, Chris. There you go. Now. <laughs> All right, guys. You know this is big talk with Chris and Greg when we go from Slayer to Journey. That's right. This is captured uh, a great live album. Um, excuse me. Uh, recorded from in Montreal. Recorded that there's. There, I think there's other dates on here that just obviously this is a great, great, great live album. Um, I've loved this album from beginning to end. I've loved it from from when I first got into Journey. Do I got you know how I got into Journey, Chris? I got Escape first. Escape mm-hmm. was the album that brought me to Journey, and then I had to go back in their category, in their catalog to bring some stuff out. And when I heard you know uh, uh, Captured, it was just one of those things like holy shit, mm. these guys can sing. You know they you know their live their live shows are amazing. I mean of course I always wanted to see them in on the Escape tour. But I didn't. And what I liked about Journey and their albums was some like there's Infinity and then there's Captured and then there's just Escape. It just kind of made it feel like every album was progressing a little different and a little, I don't want to say louder, but a little more great. You know, they put some greatness in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what can I say about this, this Journey album is just phenomenal on this kind of stuff, man. It's just great. And uh, also, to tie in our two episodes together, so in the liner notes, this album was dedicated to Bon Scott uh, of ACDC, who had died in February of 1980, and they referred to him as a friend from the highway, and ACDC had supported Journey on the previous year on the If You Want Blood tour. Get the fuck out of here, dude. I didn't know that. On the last episode, we talked about one of my albums was if if you want blood you yeah. got it and so now there's a tie-in right there journey there it is your eight degrees of separation journey in acdc mm-hmm. that is now that would have been a show to go to right i mean yeah. two different things now acdc and journey you're not taking me too too far difference between the, the difference you know journey's a little more soulful and then acdc's more uh, bluesy mm-hmm. so i could see them, the crowd's just kind of filling in on that one, man. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, dude. You want to bring me the next song on that one, Chris? Yeah, I'll do whatever you like. Oh, yeah, I love this song. You know, this is one of my favorites. Like, like same thing. Like, anytime. This, uh, we've talked about this on our Deep Cut episode. Uh, this is just a beautiful song. I love it. Love it so much. It was definitely part of my Deep Cuts. And it, it, it I want to say it was a hit, but it wasn't a hit. But yes, it was. We, we both know it was a hit. It was tied into another song. And it was just a great, uh, um, just so bitching to hear, you know. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I don't know if you had mentioned that this was uh, recorded in three different uh, venues. Yes. Detroit, Montreal, and Tokyo, over four different days. But I kind of like it when they do that. It's either do it all in one or do it in like three or four. You know what I mean? Do it in one show, a one show, one take, go through, or give me a little bit of something, you know, different from different places. Maybe you didn't play some songs. It came out really amazing, you know, somewhere else. And so you want to put them on the album. You know, maybe that's what happened here. I'm not sure, but you know, loving it. You know, you, we would say that and we'd want that to happen, but, you know, we're not the producers and we're not named, so how they do it. So, you know, hey, we recorded, you know, uh, the first five songs were great. Okay, on the on the second where we recorded, you know, the middle songs were really good. And then on ended, hey, you know what, the last of it was really good. And we filled it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But however they produce it, it does sound like one big giant concert to me. Tell you that much, man. Oh, yeah. They, Love it. They always make it sound like it's one show no matter what. So I'm down with it. 
All right, man, bring me to the last song. Love it. I love it when they have the banter, right? You know, I love it. I love the, not too much. I don't need a rant. I don't need a, uh, not to talk too much over the song. Remember when we went and saw the crew fest and Buck Cherry played and Josh Todd, is that the uh-huh. lead singer? Went on like a 10 minute rant in the middle of the song. I was like, dude, I shut up. Hey guys, da 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 da. Play the song. Yeah. Hey guys, ba 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 ba. Just like Steve Perry did, the master, the voice, Steve Perry. Yeah, uh, going back, this is one of those songs that I definitely love. And I like it because uh, Love and Touch and Squeezing, um, it does bring out more, a little, a, bl- a lot of a bluesy sounding um, from this song. So when they do it live, it even has the even more of a little bluesier uh, sound to it, what they did on the, instead of on the record. So this was just fun. Like I said, this whole album captured really was a big staple for me um, when I started to get into Journey a lot. And, you know, since I couldn't see the shows, it made me feel like I was, you know, almost there. I got a question. So I'm looking at the, my information here. Was this a, I mean, a gatefold four record? Yeah. Or excuse me, two records, yeah. four sides. I love that shit. Yeah. Dude. Did you have the record? Did you own it? No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't personally own it. I want to know what that gatefold. We love the gatefold, like we've said many times. I want to know what that inside looked like, dude. The shots, the concert shots. You got to love them, dude. The, the concert shots are the best. Oh, part. right. And this was a lot before um, Greg was still in the band and uh, before Steve Perry fully took over on lead vocals, where he was just straight him on vocals. So I, I, I think I liked it, too, because he was still uh, so much energetic that he was sharing with somebody else on some of the songs. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I love it, man. I love Journey. Um, you know, kick-ass dick names, man. Yeah, Journey's one of the greats. You want to bring me to the next metal band? Yeah, dude. Let's go. Yeah. Now, we all know Chris said he brought some Judas Priest in his episode. I'm also bringing a little Judas Priest on there. This is Unleash in the East from Tokyo, Japan. Uh, who were, Everybody records in Japan, dude. Hey. This is not the last time we're going to say that word. Japan, Japan, that, Japan. Why is everybody, you know what? We'll get big in Japan. Don't force it. We won't force it. We'll get there when, when it's our time. Uh-huh. It's our turn. This is from the Hellbent for Leather Tour um, from the 70s. Judas Priest was hitting on all four cylinders in the 70s and before they, you know, um, before they made it big over here in America. And they were just jamming, and these are just some of the killer songs. This is uh, the green monolition with a two-prong horn. I love it, dude. This is a good... Isn't this, if I remember correctly, a cover song, right? It's a, it's a, a cover, cover song from Fleetwood Mac. I, did we talk about this one on our, I think we did on our cover songs. We didn't know were cover songs before yeah. we knew they were yeah. cover songs uh, thing was this one, dude. Yeah, this is a great song. Uh, they definitely put their priest stamp on this song and really made it their own. It was a Fleetwood Mac song originally. Great song, great live version. Love it, dude. It, it was Fleetwood Mac before the girls joined the band, before Stevie Nicks and I forget what the other lady's name was. Uh, Christy, 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 I can't remember. Before she joined the band, and this was, you know, Fleetwood Mac in the early 70s. Anyways, bring me the next song, Chris. All right. Ooh, Judas Priest. Chris, did you know Judas Priest number one? 
I did know that they're number one. <laughs> I you did know, know it. You know who number they two is? number one. I mean, man. <laughs> I was going to say Scorpions, man. Woo, little diamonds and rust for everybody out there, man, if you didn't know us. Love it, dude. Uh, like I said, same kick-ass song. These guys are great live. You know, like, we talk about all these live albums, and, you know, me and Chris will both tell you from the bottom of our hearts, yes, we'd rather see it live than hear it recorded, you know, on these. But we're still we're having some fun. Uh, we've never done an episode like this, and we were able to talk about live albums. And we're just having a good time with it, guys. You know, Chris made a list. I made a list. And we're just talking about it because, you know, this is just killer fucking shit, man. We want to we wanna pretend. We want to close our eyes and imagine we're there in the show. Ooh. Oh, yeah, dude. Some of these gave me some of these give me goosebumps. Some of them uh, get me like uh, emotional listening to them, especially if it's a band you've seen. It takes you back. Like when I hear the Scorpions live or Tesla live, obviously, I think about the times that we spent together in our early days. Uh, but man, some of the some of the live things that you hear, and you hear the crowd sometimes just roar with jubilation and excitement. Like if you're not feeling something, even from these live albums of a band you've never seen before, check your pulse, folks. Uh, you might be dead. You might be dead because some of these live albums are so well played, so well produced, put down so great that if you don't feel that way, then Maybe you should move on to something else. Bring me to the next song, Chris. But oh my it's god, yeah, that was that was good. You're fine. See, you're you're talking. Who says you're not talking on this episode? This is Greg's list. I want Greg to have time to talk about his list, dude. I don't want to get yelled at. The Greg, not, Greg, I don't. Greg, yell at you. Greg and I have a. Uh, I don't. We, yell at we you. have a relationship where. I do a lot of I talk a lot and I have I will I always talk over him and I always cut him off and it transfers right to the podcast. So our normal banter is me either finishing what he's saying because I feel the same way or wanting to say something else before he's done. That's our normal conversation. There's been people in the nation that yell at me and say, "Can you quit?" But that's how we talk. I'm or that's the magic. That's is the magic. Our natural conversation and our natural banter back and forth. And that's not going to change, I don't think. Uh, yeah. I find it highly entertaining. It's our podcast. Get your own damn podcast. There you go. Hey, you know, Chris, thank you for delivering the goods. Oh, yeah. Here's Alfred. Yeah. I really like this song, dude. This is got a great groove to it, dude. This has really got a great groove to it. Hell yeah, man. Listen to this, dude. The vocals are killer. His, Rob Alfred's probably... Got the best vocals of anyone I've ever seen in a live show. It's just on I point. I want to agree with you on that, man. I don't. I don't. I'm not. You know, if we went into like vocals and shit, man. This guy from from the '70s to the '80s to the '90s to today, he's still watching. He's still screaming, man. He's, he's still screaming like this. He. I mean, you're gonna expect a little regression from what was it, '79? Yeah. To when I saw him in 2023 or 2020, you're gonna expect some regression. But the regression was so minute that it really wasn't there. And Did you say minute? So minute. Damn. Um, that you wouldn't even know, really didn't even notice it, and sounded great, just as enjoyable as this album uh, or the Priest Live album, which was on my list. Uh, love it. 
Let's go whenever you're ready. I'm ready, baby. Why don't you move to the next I band? didn't mean to say let's go. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 Are you no. ready to go? Yeah, no, I was ready. I was going to tell you once you stop, shut up, man. I was like, let's All go right. to the next. We go to the next soft sound of Slipknot. One more time. Six, six, six. Hell yeah. Sorry, I didn't say smooth rhythm sounds of Slipknot, but this is the aggression of Slipknot. This is one of the newer bands of today who are just killing it live. Slipknot. Um, this is from their 9.0 album. Um, this is album was done when um, in 2005 uh, after the Volume 3, the Subliminal Message, sorry, the Subliminal Versus album it was recorded on that tour. And it was just awesome. All nine guys who were original, or not original, but who are the classic lineup. There you go. That's how we say it. Who are the classic lineup were on this album. And this is just great, man. From, from Joey to Paul, um, we're all there. Chris was on there. So all the, all the guys who are definitely not in the band today, but this was their memory of uh, them and the sound that they brought to Slipknot, which became the monster that they are. Um, there's just some great songs on here. Um, I had to say it, man, because like I said, every time they are they they're live, it's just kick ass. When you say nine guys, you're like, there's too many fucking guys on stage. But you know, Chris, it works. Have you ever seen Slipknot, Chris? Should I tell the story? Yes. Um, I have seen Slipknot once. And before I give you guys the, pu- I'll give you the punchline first. I fell asleep during their show. Let me go back and tell you why. <laughs> I was working at the time. I was working overnights. I got off of work at like. 10 in the morning after being at work from like 2 uh, we went to I think it was the Mayhem Festival yeah, Slipknot was the headliner that's where we saw um, Black Tide yeah. Disturbed was there Dragon Force was there uh, Five Finger Death Punch right when they had first kind of came out were there a lot of bands so imagine out in the sun outdoor festival being up since 2 in the morning dude by drinking beer by the time Slipknot took the stage at like what probably like 10 o'clock I don't even remember I was knocked out yeah, I fell asleep in my chair. Woo! So, yeah. That's my story. <laughs> and you're sticking to it? Sticking to it. Yeah, this is another one. Uh, um, Left Behind. Um, great song. I love it, man. I can't get enough of it. Um, had to play something like this because this is just great. Now, this is more a little more popular songs. Um, from there, I'm playing more of the hits. Um, but for me, it was just, I had to put some Slipknot on here, live album. Um, like I said, I do love them live, and you know, here we go. Craziness. Um, I think I've seen them on every tour, if I'm correct, from the beginning when I first found out who Slipknot was, their second album, Iowa, to this one, to the previous albums after that, countless times. Uh, love them. Love every time I get opportunity to see them. And you know what's funny, Chris? Is I don't think I ever own a Slipknot sh- shirt. Every time we went, you know, the shirts it was like, go to the concert, get a shirt. Eh. I'd rather go to the concert. Oh, yeah. For sure. For right. sure. You know, uh, I know that there's the whole, I guess I'll, for lack of a better word, their shtick is that they all wear masks and stuff. Uh, I have a, I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer, but then I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. The live performance, it's obvious he's wearing a mask. I don't like how it makes that, it's like a muffle on the sound. 
of his vocals because Corey has amazing vocals. Yeah. Um, so, dude, when they record the studio album, are they doing it without the mask? So you're getting a clear, crisp vocal sound. But then when he's singing in concert, obviously he has the mask. I don't. Know. Do you know the answer? I don't know if you know the answer to that. I'm gonna say, Chris, they only wear the mask when they play live. When they tour. Correct. He should wear something. It's, he should wear something like a little bit thinner or something so his vocals come out a little more. But I think every al- every album, their mask got a little differently if they wanted to. So I would say probably Corey's did because I know for a while there he didn't do it under the jaw anymore and it was just you know basically uh, uh, from his nose to Phantom of the Opera style. Yeah, Phantom of the Opera. So he could you know extend. There you go on a little bit of his vocal. Why don't you take me to the next song, man? I will do whatever you desire. All right, this one from the first album. Wait and bleed. I remember when this uh, song came out, uh, the video, the live video, was like, what the? I think everybody saw that was like, what the fuck is this? And you either said that because you hated it, you loved it, or you were so intrigued you just couldn't look away and you're like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I love it. This wall of sound is just yeah, coming dude, out. It, it was amazing. Yeah, I remember when this came all, out. Like, all these guys making it. Yeah. And, the, and these, <clears throat> sorry, Slipknot's albums are more like, yeah, we have headphones on, and you better make sure you have headphones because you want to hear every little detail that they're throwing out there, whether it's samples, whether they're hitting kegs, whether they're hitting, you know, little uh, uh, triangles, something, because the sounds are coming out for it, and you want to make sure you hit everyone, man. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Dude, I'm all pumped up, man. Give me to the next band, dude. You ready? Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah. Ooh. This is the first time I'm bringing this on there. The mighty Led Zeppelin. Woohoo! All right, Chris. You got anything on Led Zeppelin? Because I'm going to talk about them. I don't have anything yet. And this is the Song Remains the Same album. Am I correct? Correct. This is Song Remains the Same. Correct. Um, This was... Uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, in 1976. Um, and this was um, same thing with U2 and Rattley Hum. It was a movie slash uh, album. But as a kid, I, uh, I got into Led Zeppelin probably in Through the Outdoor, which I think I mentioned before. Um, but I went back on their catalog, right? And it was like, oh, I know this song. I know this song. I know this song. Same thing. Um, and, you know, Chris, I'll tell you this much. If I had a time machine and I could go back and see one mm-hmm. musical artist, I would pick Led Zeppelin. That's not a bad choice. That's I not a bad Led choice. Zeppelin, yeah. I would have to think about who I would go see, but Led Zeppelin, off the top of my head, wouldn't be a bad choice. Choice hit him in their heyday. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All right, you want to bring me to the next song? Because it's, ooh, yeah. you get me good. I had to throw this on there, man. This is definitely one of my favorite songs, too. It's called The Ocean. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people knew that. Um, and it was just, you know, Bonham. You, you, he's, you usually don't hear Bonham voice. You usually hear him in the, behind the drums and being thunderous. Um, but that was one of those staples he does uh, in concert uh, to get the crowd going. Um, from my belief, they wrote this song um, because there were so many people that and they were excited and moving that they said sometimes the, the crowd just looked like the ocean, back and forth, going up and down, and they decided to write a song from it. And, and like I said, if I could be there live, I would probably say the same thing, man. 
just seen live. But I mean, I've been to many concerts, and I've seen the same thing where crowds go crazy and love it from different artists. But I still would like to have been there in the mid-70s and enjoying Led Zeppelin in Madison Square Garden, which is one of those arenas that you do want to leave. It's on my bucket list, Chris, Mm -hmm. uh, of life, is to go to Madison Square Garden and see an event there, uh, whether it's wrestling whether it's a concert, whether it's a sports or, uh, game, mm-hmm. I got to take just my... Just to be there. Just to step my uh, West Coast foot. What do they call it the most famous arena in the world or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Yeah, dude, Led Zeppelin's one of the all-time greats. Uh, can't go wrong with anything from Led Zeppelin. You never know what they're going to pull out of their head. I mean, goddamn, Days of Confused on this thing is twenty-six, almost 27 minutes long. <laughs> Takes up one side of the album. I mean, that's crazy, dude. All these songs on here, the first side, you know... About regular length tracks, and you got a 26, a 12, yeah. a 10, 12, 14. That's it. What's Moby Dick at? 1247. See? And that's and that's drums. Shit, I'm doing drums. 12 minutes, man. That's fucking killing You can't dude. even do a drum solo that long. I know. And I'm a young dude. You're a young dude. You want to bring me to the last song so we can just talk about it a little bit? And through all the episodes me and Chris have done, we've never really talked about Led Zeppelin. And, you know, um, to me, Led Zeppelin is Stairway to Heaven. This is, if there is one song that you want people to hear, it's, there's probably a lot I like to pick out of their category. Excuse me. But Stairway to Heaven would be one of them that I'd want to present to somebody and say, this is Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and just stare at the, stare at the stars, stare at the moon. You know, <laughs> you just said, you just said, close your eyes and stare at the stars. Well, you know what I mean, man. <laughs> you can visualize it. That's what I'm saying. Close your eyes and visualize the stars and the moon. How about that? that take that. There one, you please. go. There you go. But, Mars, man. Yeah. Visualize you touching Mars and coming around the corner as you come back and hit Judas Priest. Oh, man. Judas Priest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very soulful. Very beautiful. Um. You know, this song, like I said, is very classic. People know this song. People love the song. And there are some people that hate it. That think, oh, my God, I hate Stare to Heaven. It's overplayed. Um, and that'll be another subject we, me and Chris, get to uh, soon is overplayed songs. And this might be on it. I don't might or might not. We'll just see how our homework does. But this is the same thing. This is just one of those things that I absolutely love from Led Zeppelin. This is one of the things that, of course, it's always played on the radio and it's always overplayed. But... Hey, when it was on the radio here in Los Angeles, either KMET or KLOS, mm-hmm. I was always leave it on there, so bitching. You know, like I said, I'd want to see this live. Oh, and there's, there's, who wouldn't want to see it live? At, from that point, man, from all four of these members were so killer. You know, from John Paul playing a tremendous uh, uh, amount of instruments. You know, Robert Plant singing, Jimmy Page and his guitar, and 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 you know, Gonzo on his drums, just thunderous. So, anyways, before we get into a little bit, let's hear a little bit, and then we're going to move on, Chris. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah. And if you don't know who Led Zeppelin is, look them up. You know who they are. <laughs> don't start. Don't be like Chris. Don't uh, start. Hey, I, I know a couple of their songs. Yeah. What's this one called again? I'm going to choke you now, dude. I, I, this to me is not 
uh, my favorite, my I think their best song is Hold Out of Love. What? I think that might be the best rock song ever made. So that's just me. But this one's definitely probably in the top five as well. So, hey, there you go. Top five from Led Zeppelin or top mm-hmm. five rock songs rock in general? Rock songs of all time. Are you sure it's not a little malarkey? No, no. It's right where it should be. <laughs> it's right where it should be. I can tell you some shit that shouldn't be there, but... <laughs> we won't get into that right now. <coughs> all right, I'm feeling good, Chris. Whew, we got a lot of Led Zeppelin. Bring me to the next band that I have on here. Let's go. That's right, folks. We're going back to Japan. We're going to Budokan Hall in Japan. We're talking about the mighty cheap trick. This album. I was going to say, you know, this album takes you back to the 70s. This is the mid-70s, probably 1977. And it just kick ass. This is what Cheap Trick was good. This album took them to the next level. And I think, you know, Chris, when I was looking about doing my homework, you know, this album only sold $3 million. Um, You know, I got to be honest with you. I was just looking at that. Um, and, okay, I'm like, okay, this sold $3 million. It was released in 78, right? So then I go back and I go look at their studio albums. I'm like, okay, so it looks like they had uh, only released three albums before mm-hmm. this. Three albums. They did not sell together three million. Uh, why in the hell did this album sell so well and do so well? That's just what I'm wondering. Like, what was it? It was, it was the, I mean, obviously the releases, the single releases that they released off this. I want you to want me. Right, you know, yeah. that was a huge driver for that one. And when the, what was the other uh, single? Ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? And I listened to that one. I was, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Okay, that one. But uh, I want you to want me is probably, it might even be their most well-known song. I mean, for people that might just be cursory cheap trick fans like myself, I'm not a huge cheap trick fan. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, Dream Police and you know shit like that. But I would say. I want you to want me is probably the best Why don't you bring me to the next song? Okay. Which we were saying the next song is Ain't That a Shame. Now, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's I love it. I don't know how to tell you much more, but this was, you know, when they do the hits and they're doing stuff. Now, Chris, let me tell you this much. Um, oh, This is the drum stuff from Bun E. Carlos, man. God damn, this is so good. This is why I picked this one. I want, I want you to hear the drums on this a little bit. And just enough crowd to get you going, right? Oh, yeah. It might be uh, 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 Rob and Xander out there making kissy faces at all the girls or something. <laughs> looks like a kissy face maker. Right? Um, like I said, slow build. This is exactly what you want in concerts. The guys can take a break, a cigarette break, change guitars, do something. Here we go, here we go, here we go. And they come in and they rock this. This ain't this is you know ain't that a shame? Is is fun um, song? Uh, oh, I know what I was mentioning on this. Now, do you remember Chris? Uh, one of our one of our favorite movies. We talk about cheesy movies and stuff like that. 
Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, I'm very familiar with that movie. Damone was like trying to sell tickets to some girl or some guy. Hey, man, don't you want to see the charisma of this and that and this and that? Don't you want to hear, ain't that a shame? Don't you want to hear, you know, the dream and police? The dream police. Yeah. He starts singing all the songs and stuff. But I mean, it's so classic. This was even Mama's all right. This is so, this album is so good. It was so referenced even in pop culture in the 80s. You know, people still loved it and stuff like that. Like I said, you can still hear it in the background, guys. You can still hear the drums kind of going. The build, the slow build of this kind of stuff. Um, magical. Uh, fun. And, you know, gets you so excited because I loved it. And you know, like I said, this isn't normally something you would listen to, you know, in your car. Like, oh, my God, uh, drums. But you're hearing it and you're like, oh, man, I'm moving and grooving. This is fucking kicking gas and taking names, man. There we go. And now we're starting to sing. Making kissy faces. And bye. <laughs> Woo. It sounds good though. I'm not a huge cheap trick fan, but it sounds great. It sounds really good. Uh they're obviously it's cheap trick. They're a great band. They sound good. The production's great. Whatever they were recording with it sounds great. Yeah, just enough crowd noise like we talked about before. It's perfect. Uh, take me to the next song, and I'll, I'll finish up on what I'm going to say about this album. I want you to want me. Classic line and how you started off. Now, there was another song. Like I said, Surrender was the other one that I kind of was, should I add four songs? Should I take one out? You know, but Hello There was starting of the album, and I really liked the way it sounded. All right. Now, Chris, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, recently, I don't know, maybe within the last few years, they did release Live at Budokan. The whole concert. Now, knowing uh, this, this uh, they didn't release the whole album or the whole concert when they released this whole album in the 70s. Now, later years later on, they did a 40th anniversary and they released everything that they recorded on that um, on that record, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I thought was like crazy. I mean, uh, I wasn't a super big Cheap Chick fan, so I didn't really go investigate on it because the songs that I want to hear are already what I'm listening to anyways. So, yeah, so the album right here, what I'm looking at here is it only has, uh, I believe, 10 songs on the version that was released mm-hmm. in 78. But it looks like the whole thing was, what I'm seeing here, 19 songs? Yeah. So they cut out like half of the concert. Yeah. They took the best and they kind of... Well, I guess that's that risk you kind of... Um, like with the Kiss, with the Scorpions, with Live After Death. Um, uh, what was the other one that you were talking? Journey. Mm-hmm. It was a double album. You run that risk because a lot of record companies don't want to release a double album. They think it's too risky. People aren't going to want to buy a double album. They're not going to want to pay extra for a double album. Uh, but, I mean, at this time when this was released, people probably did not know that that wasn't the whole concert. Probably didn't give a shit if it was the whole concert. Ten live songs. Okay, I'm going to listen to it live at Budokan. But now you get them all. So now it's like, oh, man, there's it's like another whole concert. Yeah. So for Especially lo- especially if you love Cheap Trick. Yeah, you know I was going mean? to say, for lovers of this album and lovers of this band, of the first version, are, gonna, are, are chomping at the bit to get their hands on all 19 tracks straight yeah. through. Awesome. One take. Thank you. I love that. Thanks, Chris. Why don't you bring me to the next band? All right. Now, 
this was the first release for me. Uh, I live out here in Southern California. I knew of Guns N' Roses. Now, I didn't know of Guns N' Roses before Appetite, but I did hear of them from the clubs, and I do remember them releasing a little four or five song cassette and vinyl. It was cassette and vinyl only at the time, Chris. Um, It was called Live Like a Suicide, Mm -hmm. and it was just live songs that they played, and these were all songs that didn't end up on any of their albums, you know? Uh, So they kept them as their EP. Um, I thought I was great. I thought I was dirty, raunchy, sleazy. You know, guys, these guys look like they're all from Finland. They kind of look like Hayona Rocks. Sorry. Hanoi. Hanoi. Sorry. Damn. They all look like Hanoi Rocks. I know. Should I slap you? Not yet. (laughs) Um, And they look some guys from Finland. Um, Just, you know, they took that music style. They brought it here to Hollywood. Um, Not polished, but it was still live, dirty, and raunchy. Now, this was released later on after Appetite and uh, um, Use Your Illusions. I think it was uh, Guns N' Roses. I think they released it with some, not live tracks, I think with other tracks, I think cover songs they were doing. Uh, so that's how these, these songs got released too, um, other than that. Let's see if I remember. Are you talking about GNR Lies? Yes. Yeah. Lies. This was basically, yeah, the Live Like a Suicide was basically, so yeah, like you had said, Appetite came out. GNR Lies was the next album after that. The first side was basically this album, the four track. Yeah. Live Like a Suicide <sighs> with Patience, You Used to Love Her, You're Crazy, and One in a Million on the B side, or on the second side, which were all acoustic. I I looked at the list when you were going to play this, and I thought I was, I didn't see Mama Kin, which I think is the standout. Oh, I think okay. I think is the standout track from this four song live EP. I think that Mama Kin, which is an uh, uh, Aerosmith cover, is just great. <laughs> I mean, there's three covers on this. Uh, I was, yeah, I didn't see that. And I was like, ah, well, I can't tell them what to do. Uh, next song, Nice Boys. Same thing. Um, love it. I think it's 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 just kick ass and dirty, you know, dirty rock and roll. And you guys just sounded, you know, like this is what they wanted to sound like. They wanted to sound sleazy from the streets of, you know, Hollywood, California. And it was a good mix, man. Good mix. Yeah, you know, we've been hearing a lot of, you know, slick, polished, Coliseum, huge, you know, top of the line, everything. And now Greg has brought us back down to planet Earth where this is what bands were sounding like where they're still trying to make it. And here's what became one of the biggest bands in the world before they were anybody really yeah and here you go here's what we sounded like before we had anything um living in a freaking storage unit or whatever they were living in at the uh, time. one studio apartment with you know five guys and eight girls probably yeah you want to bring me to the last song on there yes i'll do whatever you like thank you this is the first time in a long time guys that chris is actually doing what i say I will allow it. <laughs> we I know will, the, ne- the next episode. Next it. episode we do is going to be all about me then. Okay. <laughs> you know, I thought about Mama Kent, but to me, Move to the City was still their original stuff and kind of put forward. So that's why I kind of did this one. Same thing. I wanted you to get that sound from um, Reckless Life, Nice Boys, Move to the City, so that have that Guns N' Roses feel from this kind of stuff. 
You know, and you know, it sounds like there's some horns on here, man. Somebody's oh, some there horns, are man. some fucking horns. Do they have the freaking horn section up there with the monster? I guess stage? so, man. It must be a ska band or something. Huh? Yeah, there's big time horns in there. But I did like the Mamakin um, cover, so I, I didn't put that on there, and I was like, ah, out of my mind. Anyways, it's okay. Sure. All right, the horns are kind of messing me up, so why don't you bring me to the next band? Okay, let's go. Whoa, ho, ho. that's right, guys. We're adding Pantera. Woo! What more can I say? These four guys ripped and killed and kicked ass and took names, drank a lot of whiskey, smoked a lot of weed, and and you know, it Slayer was is there. Pantera, right there. But same thing. When you go into a, a, a Pantera pit, you're walking out sweaty and dirty and smelling like somebody's armpit, man. That's how, you know, you're feeling good. Good stuff, man. I uh, with this album, who I did like, we had a conversation. I did have this album on my list. I took it off. Um, I didn't do a hell of a whole lot of listening to it, and my I do have an issue with this album. Phil's just vocals. I don't. I just don't like. Uh, he, I'm sure he always sings like this. I just don't like it. I don't like the way, not the screaming, not the technique he's using, but it just doesn't sound good. Like they're not capturing it right. Like he's holding the mic and singing. It's muffly, and I just don't like it. The the rest of the band freaking is on fire, dude. But his vocals just kind of, for me, take a little bit away from the rest of the band when I'm trying to listen to it. Because for me, it's all about the band with Pantera. Yes, but you know what? This is how he sings live. Yeah. This is how he sings live. There's no doubt about that. Now, Five Minutes Alone, love that song. Why don't you move to the next one, Chris? Okay. <laughs> Had to put this on there alone. This is, you know, one of those Oh yeah, dude. songs that... Everybody loves, everybody loves that, and everybody knows that little riff. Cowboys from hell. Yeah. Dude, Dimebag Daryl is just one of the greatest guitar players ever. Ever. He's so good. He's so, he's on it in the studio, he's on it live. He's on it if you just hand him a guitar. It doesn't matter, dude. I know, He's right? always on it. And very few players are like that, dude. He was very similar to an Eddie Van Halen. Now, I'm comparing him to Eddie Van Halen in the sense where you can hear his sound coming from the guitar. Yeah, and you know it's him. And you know it's him. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, uh, there are some artists we'll talk about. They, they can play, and they're like, oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's so-and-so without knowing their... Happy without knowing their you know, main popular songs. Mm -hmm. uh, Dimebag was definitely one of those guitarists in a generation that took people to a new level for it, you know? Uh, and, you know, this is so killer, man. I love fucking Pantera. Why don't you bring me to the last song this on is, this? This song is, this is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. This song is one of my favorites by them. It's just that just like 
dirty blues groove that Diamond's got going is just you listen to that crowd, dude. That's killer, dude. Yeah. You can that um, is loud. everything I said about uh Phil, but to set that aside, listen to the musicianship, the crowd. You're feeling this right now. You're feeling what's happening right that moment. You close your eyes, you lay in bed, put on your headphones, close your eyes, you're there. That's what they made this album sound like and that's what a live album should sound like if you're listening to it it puts you there you're in the stadium in the crowd right there in front of them and that's what this album does <coughs> right Ooh, love it Vinny on them drums dude is killing it Rex bass just they're holding down the O.N. dude yeah this is just a band that's out there man fuck and if you've never heard Pantera before, here's your opportunity, man. Go back and start with Cowboys from Hell, then move forward, and you'll love every fucking thing about these guys, man. Bring me to the next band because we're bringing it down a little bit, guys. We're, we're the, the energy is so high right now with Pantera. We're going to bring you to the softer side well, of bands that we love. I was going to say, if you're going to go to Pantera, go back earlier and listen to Metal Magic and Power Metal. Are you Lo- sure? I love Power Metal. It's one of my favorite Metal albums from the 80s. If you guys can find it anywhere, go find it. Sorry I had to interrupt you, dude. Let's go. No, that, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you did that because uh, I haven't been able to find it. I think I, have a, I think I have a copy of it somewhere. Not a physical, but a digital copy. I'll see if I can muster it up, guys. Pantera, before they Pantera it out, and they were still a hair metal band. It is amazing. I digress. Go. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, dude, because you've heard it. All right, guys. So we're gonna we're start, we're playing Slaughter now. Mm. Slaughter is one of the bands that we've done before in our, our episodes. Um, I had to throw it on. This is one of my brother's requests. Um, it was called Stick It Live, and is right after they released this album, Stick It To You, and they were on tour. They were doing so well. Uh, this song was uh, getting some momentum. Flight of the Angels. And they released a little five-song EP. And it was kind of like, what the hell? Why are you guys releasing? I go, maybe they just wanted to release something, man. The, or the record company said, hey, we, we recorded a few things. We love it. Let's let's release it. And it was just a little fun stuff, man. It was just very beautiful, um, very heartfelt. And, and, of course, all the stuff we've been listening to from the, the Guns N' Roses, from the Slayer, from the Pantera. Yes, this is a different sound from us, but... You know me and Chris. We love our hair metal. We love our, oh, our, yeah, our 80s hair rock, however you because we're all part of the nation, guys. And Slaughter's one of them, and I love it. And it was just saying, why don't you go ahead and bring me to the next song? Okay. Because uh, I'm still high on fucking Pantera, but we're bringing into- But not taking anything away from Slaughter, From dude. Slaughter. No way, man. And now we're going to be up all night with Slaughter. I think I, was t- I told this story about this- song how it was on mtv like every 30 minutes it seemed like when this video first came out i love it i think it's great i think that uh you were kind of about it but uh just because it gets overplayed Mm -hmm. it's like slaughter's on the radio this is the song they play when it's not the best song even on that album i love the song but it's not even my favorite song on that album but and i would think you would say the same but man they play a great version of it here on this live album that's for sure every track on this live album is great all right, now, do you know how we talked about um, MTV Unplugged, right? Yes. How there were bands that played it. Alice in Chains is one that we talked about them. Um, 
I'm going to bring that up, and, and it's going to coincide with our next artist after um, Slaughter, where MTV Unplugged, they uh, Slaughter also did some songs, but each, every band, when they did Unplugged, they gave like seven, eight songs that you could play acoustic. Um, so Slaughter was able to do three, and the other band that was able to do it was Winger. So Winger got three songs, Slaughter got three songs, and they smashed it into one episode. And it was kind of like a letdown of like, really? These fuckers could probably play better than anything else. Hey. Yeah. You know? I don't remember that. What is that? Was that like a released or? It wasn't released on a like physical music like we have, you know, today in front of us on, on Spotify and Apple Music. But it was it was on MTV. So if they ever show maybe uh, on YouTube, we can probably mm-hmm. look that up and yeah, find a few. We can probably find it. Uh, find a few um, episodes and stuff like that. There was a lot of bands that did stuff like that, but I remember I was so pissed off that, you know, Slaughter and Winger uh, were doing, and I think they were on tour with Kiss. So, you know, Kiss did theirs, but, you know, when they came into town, hey, do a couple songs. Hey, you do a couple songs. That was kind of it. We'll smash it together. Get a, Something's better than nothing for sure. Something's better than nothing, man. See, e- even the start of this. I just, just started the writing a song, dude, right there. Something's better than nothing. That's a Motley Crue song. So, not, something for nothing. Yeah. Something for nothing. <laughs> something better for nothing. Nice little slow build up, dude. You know where it's going. No, where's it going, Chris? Up all night, baby. Uh, up, up all night. There we go. Crowds in there a little bit, dude. You could, uh, I like it when it's not perfect. You know what I mean? I like the audio to sound good, but I like the live feel, and live isn't perfect. You know what I mean? And I don't mean they're making mistakes. I just mean it sounds a little different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm enjoying but the, but this. But that's, this, what, that's what we feel when yeah. you, when you were doing the live. Now, some of them, like you said, like you were, you were pushing at me, and I saw that push button with Kiss. <laughs> Was it really live? Yeah, fuck you, Chris. We know the truth, but it just sounds live, okay? I'm just Greg, saying it sounds live. I would never say that or insinuate, You're insinuate. That, a li- that an album that is said to be live is not live. I would never make that accusation about any band, especially Kiss. Ever. Fine. Why don't you bring me to the next band? All right, so I was still talking about MTV. Now, on MTV, um, and I brought this up because I thought this was a good, fun story that um, Pearl Jam had about this recording of this album. Um, So Pearl Jam, after their first European tour, was brought back to New York, and they were asked to do MTV Unplugged. Uh, They said, sure. I think they were like on two or three days rest. Um, And... It was a long day for them because they had to wait for Mariah Carey, because Mariah Carey did Unplugged. They had to wait for Boys to Men to do Unplugged. And then the last artist of the night was Pearl Jam. Yep. You know, I think they pulled out seven songs, uh, mostly from uh, the first two albums. Um, and they rocked it. And I really thought that this is one of my favorite songs for Pearl Jam, which is called Black. And it was just very beautiful. Um, and, you know, it's a very meaningful song for me, so I wanted to hear it 
Same thing we talk about live stuff. Same thing with the Alice in Chains, uh, Chris. This is just so bitchin', so awesome that it really felt a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of charisma from these guys. And, you know, Pearl Jam has always been one of those bands that's always played live or been one of those bands that um, I, we don't even need an album to tour. We're just going to tour. And they don't tour five or six, ten cities. They go around the world. They go around the world once, twice, three times before they come back home and start relaxing or fart to decide this new, new tour, a new album, whatever it is. And what I love about Pearl Jam 2, Chris, is they're always willing to have their fans record their own bootleg shit. Oh, yeah. You know, I think there was one tour that they said, oh, we're going to play amphitheaters, and if you have a tape recorder, you have something, pull it out and have it home, and you can have your own yeah, something, you know, something, something. I know, I know that they're not the first band or the only band to do that, and I don't know if this is them that did this or someone else, but I do remember that there were some bands that had these huge like tape deck things with rows and rows and rows of decks, and people could bring their tapes put them in the slot and get a recorded version of the concert onto their own cassette tape at the venue. So I don't know if Pearl Jam was there. I don't know if technology had moved beyond that at that point or if they were doing that maybe in some of the earlier ones or later ones whatsoever. But I heard that there were bands that were doing that. Why not? It, don't you want to get your music out there more? And get, I don't understand why people wouldn't want their music more out there. I guess they want the money, right, of releasing stuff or having it. It's all mine, but... Not, I think in the long run, getting your music out there by people who love your music is going to help you more in the long run than trying to get it out the way you want it or the way a record label does. All right, I, I like that. That's a great, a great comment, Chris, on that one. Um, you know, here we go. Uh, um, Even flow, a rocking song, sounds good live, and they have it. And and you're right, Pearl Jam. I felt was one of those artists that did it. Now, I want to say Leonard Skinner was probably one of them. Um, Koreans' Kurwara Revival. There were like a lot of bands, or even the Grateful Dead. I think it was Grateful Dead that did a lot of that stuff. Chris was like, hey, you know what? Our, our music, we put it out there. We want everyone to hear it. You know, this is before, I don't know how I was to say it, of the artists like, no, I, I want m- money. I want all the uh, yeah. my royalties that come from it, which you should. You know, if you make if you make music, you should be able to get your royalties, and there's no doubt about that. But you know, sometimes bootleg stuff is kind of fun, and bootleg, you know, the like I said, Pearl Jam is never, as far as I know, maybe they don't do it nowadays, but they were never far away from getting letting people bootleg and you know having their own stuff. Oh, that's great. I love it. Yeah, you want to bring me to the next artist, man? Because I thought it was good. Yes. All right, guys, I'm winding down. I got three more artists to go. Um, I wanted to bring this up because this is also another band from the 70s, which was um, so killer, so awesome. This is the Eagles. Um, This was Hotel California. This was taken from um, When Hell Freezes Over. They they did a 14-year hiatus where, I don't know if you guys were talking to to each other or they just didn't want nothing to do with each other. They went their separate ways. They just poof. And then shit happens, money talks. Uh, maybe they missed each other. I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes you spend all kinds of time with somebody and you miss them. You miss the magic that they helped create. And the guys did this. So this was, I think, taken from 
in a studio where they record it for like a, I don't want to say like an MTV, but they record it for a DVD version. And the guys came and they just played for a crowd. Same thing. Love it. Uh, can't express some more because the Eagles were definitely not my uh, cup of tea back in the day, Chris. You know, growing up in the 70s. Uh, not that I, you can tell me now and I totally love them because I always mm -hmm. love that 70s oh, yeah. soft rock kind of stuff. But, you know, songs like this, Hotel California, is timeless, classic, and very beautiful. No matter it's live or you're seeing it, you know, or hearing it on the radio, you know, which is probably still played. And, you know, Chris, this album only sold one million copies. I can't believe that considering. <laughs> I can't believe that considering they have the number one and number two greatest selling albums of all time with Hotel California and their greatest hits yeah. album which I think combined are almost hitting 70 million together. Holy shit. They're both in the 30s, really? dude. Yeah. That's, that, you know, that's the first time I've ever heard uh, us talk about how many albums sold because we've talked about a lot of artists and it's kind of like, hey, 1 million, 2 million. I think the most we had it was Def Leppard at 10, dude, or 15 yeah, or something dude. like well, that, dude. I might be a little bit off here. I just kind of quickly looked it up here. Uh, I think Hotel California, whenever this site was up, uh, 26 times platinum. And then uh, greatest hits. Oh shit, thirty-eight. See, fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. So that's sixty million between those two albums. Yeah, one of the greatest bands of all time. I I, I got the Into the Eagles through my parents. They had a couple of their CDs. Um, CDs or vinyl? Uh, CDs. Oh, okay. It was CDs. Um, they actually had the Eagles Greatest Hits Volume Two. Okay. Uh, which I like, which has a lot of songs that obviously I don't know. It was post-75. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, dude, yeah, the Eagles are great, dude. They're they're definitely a departure from what we talk about here, yeah. but it's definitely something that when we're at home, we'll put on. For sure. I do. I love the Eagles, dude. Well, I, I put them in my car, so I, I, I was cranking in the car, dude. So, yeah, uh, the next song I had to put on here, too, is um, <clears throat> I Can't Tell You Why. For some reason, it's just I just love the song. I just... I can't tell you how beautiful it is. Um, and what I loved about it, too, was, uh, and about the Eagles themselves, there are so many singers from Glenn Fry, Don Henley, uh, you know, uh, the bass player, you know, uh, the other guitarist, man. Just, yeah, I everybody can sing, man. You know, yeah, they, they, everybody, they everybody gets their turn. Everybody gets uh, a turn, man. Uh, you know, Joe Walsh. Yeah, Joe Walsh, sorry. Uh, Glenn Fry, Don Henley. Um, they, they all get their 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 turn, but you know what I, you know how much I absolutely hate correcting you. I get no joy out of ever correcting you, Greg. This album actually sold nine million copies, <laughs> not one million. This album sold nine million copies. So wait, you were just off by a little bit. So wait a minute, you believe me when I said one million? Yeah, well, of course, you're, it's your album, it's your pick. I didn't look up anything about this. I didn't do homework on it. I'm just you know. Right here, and I was like one million, and then I, you know, I'd look at those other ones, and wow, it's nine. You know, with, with all these bands and all these albums we're talking to about you know, their greatest hits or their greatest album, me and Chris are always surprised how we think that they every ad, every the album that we talk about is always sells ten million, twenty million, thirty million, because there's so many songs that are saturated out there. But when we look at it, oh, there's one million. They still they sell gold in Canada, and we're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, that dude. kind of stuff. 
So that's why I was joking about that. I wanted to see what you say. And uh, thank you for correcting me on that one, man. It isn't really correction. It was just me being stupid and wanted to see what you would say on that, man. All right? Yeah, right, dude. Whatever you say. Why don't you bring me to the next song? All right, artist. let's go. Woo! All right, man. We're going back to the 70s. We're doing a little Peter Frampton. Now, this album, uh, of, I didn't hear Peter Frampton until this album came out just because they were really big hits in the 70s and they were on a lot of pop stations. So that's how I knew a lot of these songs from this. Um, and I love them live. There's just so much fun stuff to do it. This was um, a live in 1976, um, a double live album. You know, what can I say? It was, re- it was recorded in San Francisco. Um, it, was in, it was in New York. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Totally good stuff. Oh yeah, three million copies sold. I only really know—I don't know a lot about Peter Frampton. I just know the songs that were releases yeah. off this album. Show me the way, baby. I love your way. And do you feel like I do? Uh, do you feel like I do? I remember hearing that. And that was the first time you heard like the the voice to uh, the yeah like when they play. You know that that we love that Richie Sambora does on some of their songs with Bon Jovi. And I was just like. What the fuck is this, dude? This is amazing. Like, I thought it was the most amazing thing I had ever heard. Uh, so, yes, this album does have some memories for me. But I only heard, like, the singles. Uh, and honestly, I haven't really heard any other stuff from Peter Frampton besides the ones that were released on the radio. You know what? I don't I don't think he had some bigger hits other than these three songs that came from this album. But what some of the main things, too, were... Um, uh, um, same thing like I did with told you about Cheap Trick. Later on, more recently, and like the 40th anniversary or 30th anniversary, they released the whole concert on that kind of stuff. So whatever we heard on the double, now uh-huh. there's four albums to hear more yeah, songs dude, and that's... stuff like that. I mean, I mean that's kind of great in the sense if you really love Peter Frampton, you know, if you, hey, I want to hear more songs. Well, from what I heard from. You know, Peter Frampton comes live. And this was a gatefold, too, where you opened it up. And on the front and back, you could see, you know, him on stage, you know, looking at the crowd, going to sing. And then you open it up, and there's shots from the, uh, the tour. Yeah. Um, I might have to go and uh, listen to this, dude. I might have to give this album a listen uh, and check it out. Right there? Yeah, but he does a lot more of it on, um, what's the other song I was saying? Uh was the other? It isn't uh, my next song? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, here you go. Uh, do you feel like we do? All right. I don't know why I couldn't remember it. Same thing. Very beautiful song. Love this, man. You know, and, and I think this also song, ha- or this album, it has a very pop culture type of thing where people remember um, live albums from the 70s, Chris. And and a lot of that from what I took growing up as a kid, because I was a kid in the 70s, you know, I remember them, a lot of a, a lot of artists releasing live albums, and some of them, like Aerosmith, I think, mm-hmm. released a live album. It was really good. There's actually a lot of live albums, which I didn't put on the on this list. We can but. do a part two-part part two. <laughs> Maybe another 70 episodes. Maybe it'll be a live episode or a webisode. A webisode? Something like that. 
You never know what's up uh, the Big Talks League. I, I was going to say, I, I remember that on one of the episodes on that 70s show, um, Jackie was listening to this album. I want to hear Peter Frampton. Let me hear the solo one more time. And it was just, you know, as a kid listening, I just want to hear the song on my headphones. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that kind of thing. You know, that's how I still am today. I love my car, but let me leave me alone and let me walk with some headphones, and I'm in heaven. You know? So that kind of stuff. So it, it is... In, in pop culture where you can still stuff comes up stuff comes around there's just so many good stuff and beautiful things yeah uh, you know sometimes the environment of driving around is a great place to listen to music uh, mine two spots that I love to listen to music is not to drag this conversation on for too long but I will um, one is just laying in bed laying there closing your eyes no matter what it is because you can just escape whatever's going on you sure. know what I mean and secondly is my Daily, highly athletic fitness regimen with Rambo. As I take him for these epic walks of sometimes as much as 50 yards. And he takes an hour. These epic fitness walks where I get a good chance to listen to an hour of music as we walk half a block away and turn around and walk half a block back. Yeah. That's why he's got the great body he has. What to put that up? Rambo in his sweet body. Oh, I love that. All right, man. So, um, what you me to the last band? The last band, Greg's final, final band. So. You may know this one if you do. Please help me sing it. Yeah. You know what, Chris? If you don't know it, then just listen. And I Wait, can I say it? it? Yes. This is Greg's favorite band. Why? Thank you, but it was empty. <laughs> it is. All right. It's one of my favorite bands. All right, guys, if you don't know, this is uh, a band called Warrant. Now, this album is called 10 Live. Not my favorite, but I did want to bring this to the table because, you know, me and Chris, we named Big Talk after one of Warrant's songs, and we haven't really talked about Warrant before. So I want to get a chance to do it. I love these two songs. I love and I love live. And I had an opportunity to put it on here. So there, this is called Uncle Tom's Cabin which I absolutely love. This is one of my favorite Warrant songs. Um, when they became Warrant in the arenas, Warrant in the theaters, this was the song I love the most. Um, when they were doing Cherry Pie, or before Cherry Pie, when they were doing the first album, they would, hey, we're going to bring out a new song. And they pulled out Uncle Tom's Cabin. So you heard this before they even recorded it for Cherry Pie. So this is one of my, you know, has a special place in my heart for this. Um, love it. Love Warren. Love this. All right. Now, if you don't know, this was record. This was recorded in Detroit under in a place called Harpo's, a dirty theater. Chris, dirty theater called Harpo's. A dirty in dirty. Detroit, Michigan. Whoever would have thought that there would be a dirty, dirty theater in Detroit? Yeah, man. Detroit theater, dirty. Harpo's. Damn, I can't believe that, man. Bring me my last song because go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to cry when this comes around, man. Now, this is definitely my favorite song live in person. This is Warrant. This is called Heaven. And yes, Chris, we're going to sing it right now, too. All right. We got our lighters. Oh, man, I didn't bring my lighter. Hold on, let me hold my phone up for Chris. 
It's not as good as their live concert at Gazari's. I'm just kidding, dude. But remember, have you seen the one at Gazari's you have? Yes. Okay. Hey, before we run out of time, I just want to let everybody know where they can get a hold of us. All right. BigTalkCG.podcast on TikTok and Twitter. At BigTalkCG. Let me rewind that, dude. I'm sorry. BigTalkCG.podcast on TikTok and Instagram. At BigTalkCG on Twitter. BigTalkCG at gmail.com. We're the Big Talk Podcast on YouTube. YouTube and Facebook. I fucked up. Sorry. Janie Lane messed you up, man, because you were singing it. and you're I I was singing it and getting the tenderness, dude. Yeah. Tenderness. Yeah. All right, guys. This is Greg from the Big Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening to part two of the live concert episode. Love it. And we love all of you in the nation. Don't forget, when you listen, you listen loud and you listen live. Also, don't forget, we love to take a drive and and get off at Deep Cut City. This is Greg from Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. See ya.